welcome to the Momgasm podcast. Blending motherhood, self-connection, sensuality, and pleasure. Normalizing what it means to be a mother and a sexual being. This week's episode, we sit down to talk with mom, Vienna, about her journey as a surrogate mom. I'll be completely honest that I am hella uncomfortable when it comes to all things surrogacy. However, I can't deny the compelling stories and beauty that can come from these non-traditional pregnancies and birth. We were genuinely curious and excited to hear her story, her experience as a surrogate mom, to help inform not only our ideas, but those who might have a similar story or are considering if surrogacy is the right option for them. This was a heartwarming story and a wildly unique perspective on infertility, pregnancy, and birth beyond our own family. It was also a fucking riot. Enjoy. No, I um, actually listened to another podcast. Like, I have a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> and I was listening to one of your podcasts today, and I'm, I'm like listening to your voices, listening to your tones and your your attitudes and your, your everything. I'm like, oh my God, I get to talk to these two tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, you do, and it's going to be a time. <laughs> yeah. So, excuse me, I'm trying to like, I realize what time it was, and I'm like, I got to get upstairs. I got to get away from you guys. Just give me like 30, 40 minutes. Just let me be. <laughs> I literally just locked my husband yeah. and children into my four-year-old's bedroom. I was like, okay, bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I put her, I put the three-year-old in the high chair. My husband just pulled up. I said, she's in the high chair. You're good to go. Just don't give her any. <laughs> already had her cup of milk. We're good to go. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Just locked that shit down. Is what it's you like did. what I do. I like leave my son in the high chair. My other son is like, just like wrecking the house and my husband pulls in I'm like okay I'm gone I'm done I gotta go (laughs) you're taking over tap in (laughs) pretty much pretty much I love it I'm I'm super excited that you're here I'm really curious about this topic um I'll be totally honest I'm like is that one of those people that's like on the fence about the whole like I don't I don't know how I feel about surrogacy as a whole I don't know if it's one of those things where I'm like just because we can should we I don't I have no idea but at the same time like I'm so curious I'm so interested and I love using this platform as an opportunity to have those conversations and like hear other people's stories and experiences so that other individuals can make informed decisions yep also it's pretty cool no, it, it truly is. And that's, you know, I'll be honest with you. I didn't even really know about surrogacy until probably about three or four years ago that I really did some digging around because when I was like 19, I'm like, I need money. I'm going to go sell my eggs. And then I realized like you have to be like a certain BMI and you have to, you know, be stably financial, like financially stable, excuse me. And so those are things that I, those are requisites that I didn't meet at the time. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll just wait. So I grow and I mature and I meet my husband and I kind of like mentioned to him, I'm like, this is something I've thought about doing. He's like, but really think about it. That's another piece of you out in the world. Someone else is raising. Now 
the sentiment of it is good. That's a good thing yeah. for you to want to do. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. But think about it. <laughs> and I did. And I, it, I like it, I simmered down from that for a minute. And I was just like, how else can I help someone? Yeah. Because I actually struggled just a little bit. I had a little bit of a, I've, di- I've been diagnosed with PCOS. And so due to my weight gain and losing and weight gain and losing, like it's really hard to get pregnant when your body's not stable. So, um, you know, after talking to my husband, like, well, you know, research on gestational surrogacy. And we both agreed that as long as it was someone else's DNA, I would gladly carry a child for someone who couldn't conceive on their own. Mm-hmm. Or who, you know, and, and I was like, how I felt selfish. I'm like, oh, I get to grow babies and you don't. That, that's not like, that was a split second thought that I had. Mm-hmm. And then I realized it's not just about me. It is about bringing another child into this world for someone who physically, emotionally can't, you know, just, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's just trying to, it is. I, I'm full of emotion right now just talking mm. about it. <laughs> so um, basically, in a nutshell, it was like, let's do this. Mm. Let's see where this goes. Mm. So I set my mind to it. I was over the BMI requirement. You know, you're supposed to have a, the doctor that I was with had like a 32 BMI or lower. And I was over that. Well, I lost like 65 pounds and I maintained that. But while I was losing that weight, I did research. I just dug my head into the research. Am I sure? Do you really want to do this? These are the, you know, this is medications that you're going to have to be on. This is the the risks of those medications. Mm, yeah. On top of the risks of the IVF, on top of the risks of just being pregnant in general. Mm. You know? So, and after discussing it with my husband for almost a year, we're like, yeah, let's go ahead and find an agency and do this. Wow. That's <laughs> and, awesome. Yeah. Um, I love, I mean, you kind of just briefly touched on it a little bit, but one of the things that I wanted to ask was like the mechanics of the process. Cause I feel like this is something that's not often talked about. Like nope. you, there's that idea of like, Oh, I'm just going to get pregnant for somebody else. That's, that's great. That's wonderful. But we don't actually think about all of the behind the scenes stuff that goes into even making that possible. And like you were saying how there are, um, weight restrictions and requirements to even be eligible to do something like that and Mm -hmm. yeah so so what was what were like the actual mechanics of of the process of becoming a surrogate um so I'm just gonna start off with saying I am in the states I'm in Florida and I know surrogacy in Canada is different than in the states so Mm -hmm. like altruistic surrogacy is okay in Canada it's okay in the states but legally you cannot be paid to be a surrogate in Canada yep so I mean oh, I didn't know that yeah I, yeah huh. no, it was no, one of the no. things I learned about wow yeah, yeah. and so you know weird. what was really cool but I'm jealous of the surrogates who are in Canada though because they do like these really cool retreats with one another uh, I, I was like, "Whoa, let's not have what? They do retreats? What do you mean?" You know, all... Oh, hold on. Yeah, yeah. They, a bunch of pregnant surrogates, like a bunch of the the they're already pregnant or they're. I think that you, you already have to be like 
in your pregnancy, not like just beginning or just ending. But I, you get to go on a retreat for a few days. So just kick wow. back and relax. You talk about your journey, talk about your struggles, talk about your concerns. Yeah. That's amazing. Really cool. Huh. So, Something I never, never thought about. Anything. I've never found anything like that in the States. But so that's, I just want to make it clear because I know you're going to have some listeners be like, okay, well, we're in Canada. She's in the States. It's completely different. So, mm. But um, so I was compensated. Yeah. So if that, that sums it up. <laughs> so wait, were but, you, sorry, were you compensated by the couple or yeah. your government? Yeah. The couple. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who were actually an international parent couple. Right. They're mm-hmm. from Argentina. Yes. Right. I remember you saying that. Mm-hmm. Huh. But it's uh, so surrogacy though in the States is often run through different agencies, right? Like you would apply through an agency mm-hmm. and that agency matches you with yes. a um with a couple a with that's looking with grow. similar and we, yeah um so just speaking on my experience alone mm-hmm. and not for others mm-hmm. um what happened was i was interviewed now now there is you can do it through an agency or you can do it by yourself and that's oh, also cool. known as traditional surrogacy okay but, and so that's something i know a little bit about but I'm not going to talk about because I don't know enough Perfect. to make sure I'm spreading facts. <laughs> so, um, you know, I found an agency after doing some research here in Florida. They are fantastic. They've been around for 15 years. And I believe the owner actually used to work in an IVF and fertility treatment center. Hmm. So it's, it's run by someone who knows oh. the background of IVF. Hmm. so what in a nutshell I filled out an application I talked to a coordinator with their office we answered some very asked and answered some very extensive questions like are you comfortable with um, reduction are you okay with if the baby has down syndromes to terminate to terminate the pregnancy and and those are things I thought about on my own doing my research I'm like am I going to be okay with that? You know, mm-hmm. that my body that they're going to have to turn, terminate that pregnancy from. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, yes, it's their baby, their choice. So, but mm-hmm. this couple was amazing. Oh my gosh. So we, we locked eyes and everything on termination, on reduction. We were comfortable making sure that we are going to maintain commu- good communication throughout the pregnancy. I'm going to keep them updated through everything. And this is, this is all while, you know, in the intake process after your application, you talk to your coordinator about a, a couple of different people or couples who are interested because they did ask me about a single father. Hmm. Oh, cool. So yeah, yeah. And I didn't think of that that was something else I didn't think about immediately was like, oh yeah, you know, single people want babies too. You also, know? I'd I'd be interested in um like uh I don't like using the word non-traditional families because that's bullshit terminology, but non-nuclear perhaps? Non-nuclear? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You ever heard that term, no, nuclear family? I have never heard that term. It's I have not either. Dad with like two and a half kids or whatever. Wow. It's like your most average family, the nuclear family. I've never in my life heard really? that. Really? Ever. Oh, there you go. But what I, for like 
folks that are in the LGBTQ plus, mm-hmm. I may have fucked that up, but no, I think you got it right. LGBTQ plus I plus I plus plus plus. Ah, fuck. Please correct and educate our ignorant asses yeah. with the most up-to-date <laughs> acronym situation. You can also Google that. Yeah. I do Q+. I involve I, I, everyone. Right? So it's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, like, it's not always just a straight couple looking for, who are having fertility issues, who are looking for, Wow. L-G-B-T-T-Q-Q-I-A-A-P. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, transsexual, queer, questioning, intersex, asexual, ally, pansexual. That's according to Wikipedia. So I think that is the Q comes, or the plus comes in after Q. Q. (laughs) I'll do Q plus and all of them in between. I think about everybody in that in that plus section right oh wait wait, wait. i think i, I was gonna say L- lgbtqia plus plus there it is oh man anyway that's um, the, we got that really <laughs> <laughs> important though it is and no it is, it is. it is relevant because, uh, it is it's not always yeah it's not always a um <clears throat> yeah heterosexual couple looking to mm-hmm yeah. Yeah, it's not always just your typical man and woman. Sometimes it's a man who's been longing to be a father or it's just a woman who doesn't want a man or another woman in her life. She wants to raise the child by herself. Mm-hmm. Or it is that gay couple or that lesbian couple or that, you know, non Non-binary. Now you got me thinking about it. Non-traditional is not the right one. <laughs> I know, but it's like it's so. it's what it's what's been like burned into my brain over the weird years of upbringing like mm-hmm. and it's like it was the term that was used for a while where it's like well non-traditional it's like that's so shitty mm-hmm. a terrible way of putting that mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i like that we're expanding our vocabulary and language though progressive <laughs> progressive but is, is that it one? it shouldn't have to be a progressive a modern a more modern family modern family but wouldn't we technically be like the modern family would we I don't know. Anyway, we're swirling <laughs> off into a totally random here. Uh, for those that are listening sure. and are more educated in the LGBTQIA plus community and please feel free to email us. Give us, give us, give us what you can, or also we will continue to Google and educate ourselves more. Google isn't always the best. Thing. I, I know it's not, but I also don't like people giving free labor. Yeah, okay. Either. But if you're willing and eager, we open ears. <laughs> open ears and we open will pussies. We receive <laughs> with our puss. So you met with a couple. Oh my God. You guys went over some serious questions. So I met this couple. on the same page. No. <laughs> When it, yes, everything went well. We're good to go. And after that, pretty much you, th- they have a doctor here in the States who was like, okay, well, I need to speak with your potential surrogate. And I did a medical clearance. Like, um, oh, and my OB even had to have like a sign off. Like, yes, she is okay physically to 
proceed with a surrogacy and another pregnancy. Um, I had a psychological exam and that was via, I actually spoke with a therapist video chat and then I had to take one of those big long tests. Mm. I, I don't know what that's called. I don't remember what it's called either, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Three to 500 questions and it's like the same five things asked 100 different times. Is what it felt like. Wait, yeah. what? I have never heard of this. It, it's um, I don't I don't remember what it's called, but it's some sort of like standardized, um, mental aptitude testing. Something, yeah. Um, and it's it's done to deem that you are like fully in your mental, right. your yeah. right mind, right? and you're yeah. you're sane enough to a be or pregnant winner. and yeah. Mm-hmm. And be pregnant for someone else. Are you sure you're going to be okay with that whole quote unquote giving up the baby, even mm-hmm. though that's not what it is? I'm giving back the baby mm-hmm. because it was never my baby to begin with. Mm-hmm. And um, so I talked to the therapist, and my husband had to speak with a the therapist. She she entered. She did like a five minute little interview with him, making sure mm-hmm. that he was going to support me. Um, am I sure that I have the right support system behind me to? carry on this pregnancy because it it is very important to have people behind you supporting you saying yes she's sane she's a great you know she's a great friend and she is doing this for the right reasons she's not doing this for any you know gaining monetarily or you know just because she's crazy and she's going to steal the baby at the end of it (laughs) so I, I cannot imagine. I, I've heard scary stories about it. No way. It happened. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It happened. Absolutely. A surrogacy women, gone wrong. Like the woman takes the baby. Women ends up with the baby at the absolutely. end of it. And especially, it's more, I think it's more common in the traditional surrogacy because in traditional surrogacy, the surrogate uses her own eggs most of the time. Oh, and it's just the father or the sperm donor mm. you know mixing with her own eggs so yeah no it's happened I like and, to be completely honest I can see her frame of mind and why oh my God, I absolutely feel that way but then mm-hmm. the other part of it is you agreed to do this for someone like how are you like the what you're doing is affecting them so negatively like you were hurting them heartbreaking like but, how does, but also how does it feel for that woman too well, like that's no like, but if, if you go into it with the agreement of you know i'm agreeing to do this for you i absolutely understand how it would feel for the woman that's why i can see her side of it but at the same time so it's like that that family was looking forward to having a child of their own and then that woman just they took the baby for sure and this is and this is where and this is where i'm on the fence of like is this yeah, I don't know how I feel about, I don't know how I feel about all I mean, this it because is her age but like but for me it's like it's one thing to go into this and say like yeah I can do that yeah I'm fine this will be great it's going to be awesome and if you've never experienced it before you don't actually know no all of the don't. time how you're going to feel and how that's going to yeah. impact you and and the like emotional connection that you're going to have with this person who's grown inside of you and it's it's mm-hmm. it's all well and like the hormones and physiological nature of a woman and attachment and that like we are we are wired biologically wired to want to murder anyone who tries to take a baby from us <laughs> like yes. literally like we 
like this is how we're made to keep our generations alive mm-hmm. right and this I'll is why right and but and this is why like postpartum anxiety and like um what is it it's like so why I don't share my children like when I in the first three months like I don't I don't play past the baby I don't let my mm-hmm. people hold my baby like I I'm very like protective and like I need them here because I feel deeply that very like chemical addiction to my baby so Viana, right? how did you feel after you gave birth how did you feel um I was emotional for sure sorry I had to shut the door hear her crying um she I had a I delivered a baby girl and no doubt there was a connection Mm -hmm. um more so connection than attachment Mm -hmm. I like I said I went into this with the right frame of mind knowing this isn't my baby I'm just like this is extreme babysitting I'm just keeping an eye on the kid and making sure she's fed well making sure she's taken care of make sure I go to my doctor's appointments and I'm doing well and I talked to her I loved feeling her move around I love being pregnant and I know a lot of women are going to disagree with me on that, but. Mm. Oh, you're not alone in that. I love being pregnant. I I love the way it feels. I I just, I get all jittery. I'm like, I'm getting chills right now thinking about. (laughs) Are you, are you also one of those women that gets like incredibly turned on while they're pregnant? Um, my first pregnancy? No, not really. Cause I was, my husband would say like, otherwise. (laughs) I was kind of mean. I was kind of a bitch. And you can be a bitch and still get it, girl. <laughs> my first pregnancy, no, but my this last one, yes. It was more, and I think it was because I didn't have anything to prepare for at the end of this. Besides yeah. a delivery, making sure that I'm healthy through this delivery. I had nothing to prepare for. I didn't have a home. I didn't have a nursery to, to get going. I yeah. didn't have to baby-proof anything else again. Oh. Just the stress of it was just so relieving Mm. so yes connecting with my husband on a whole nother level was was great it was great (laughs) I'm sure he was living for that too he was was interested in it in the beginning you get all these meds going all these all these all this estrogen and stuff going and then when I started weaning off of the progesterone I I actually (laughs) I thought about you guys because I started listening to you very early on and I got out of the shower one time and he's laying on the floor and he's he's like semi in and out of it he's tired but he's looking on the floor on the phone and I dropped my towel I was like let's do it let's go (laughs) and he was like threw his phone across the floor and just like hit the wall and yeah oh I've always had that thing that I've had a very low self-esteem about my body until I started listening to you two. And I'm like, no, I have to do this. I have to do this for me and I have to do this for my husband. So yes, Yes, I dropped the towel. I felt like such a goddess. It was so amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm like getting, getting me chill. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can hear it in the story. Yeah. Right. I'm like, Oh, I like you come out dripping. You're just like, yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just drop the towel. Mm -hmm. Like like, let's go. Let's go. I did. I did. And it was fantastic. 
yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, we had a much deeper connection because we had no stress, no worries. I wasn't crazy bitchy this time around, even though the hormones were running so high because I started out with so much more in the beginning. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, oh God, there's just so much like, you know, the, to get back to your question, you know, how did you feel about mm. baby leaving your body? How did, how did it feel? It felt amazing because the mom was at my feet during delivery. And as soon as that baby came out, they tried to put her on my stomach and I said, nope. And you can ask my husband. He watched me and I, I vaguely remember it, but I lifting her up, I lifted the baby girl up to her mother and she's looking at me and I'm looking at her. I'm like, just take her like, just go. And it was, my mom was there she's crying. I started, it wasn't until like I, that she took the baby from me that I started bawling. Yeah. And like dad is, <laughs> the father was, oh God, he was such a sweetheart. He hid behind the curtain. Well, you know, everything is going on. <laughs> and, um, soon as baby came out, they, they're together, they're crying and doing oh. their thing. And my husband's like rubbing my head. Like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. You did such a good job. And like, he was so supportive and it was, that I I want to do it again I want to do it again solely for watching the reaction of the baby going to the parents Mm -hmm. and you know like that that realization like I have a child now because I already have I already have two kids Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like um, it would be like really important to have that like those parents in the room and to like have that and facilitate that experience of like no don't like I feel like it's like once once there's a human on my chest I'm like nope game over fucking done (laughs) mine now you made a mistake fuck (laughs) get out but it's like to, to be able to just be like the the bridge between yeah. right like that middle place and like that mm-hmm. yeah like it's beautiful and it's and this is the thing this is why I'm like I I've always been so torn with surrogacy because it's like I I know that it's a beautiful gift and I know that it's incredible and I know that there's these incredible stories and mm-hmm. these awesome things and and it's and there are people out there that like thrive on doing this and being able to provide yeah. this for people. And you sound like you're one of those people and you're just like living <laughs> your best, being a pregnant fucking goddess and like not having to worry about all the shenanigans yeah. of actually raising more babies. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Nice. Yep. And so getting just really quick, getting back to like the steps of it. So there was contracts or excuse me, there were contracts in place. So we had lawyers, you know, they had a lawyer, I had a lawyer and contracts were done. And that was in, I think I included in my contract that they try to make it to the appointments that they can. Now them being in Argentina, they did fly up here a couple times and they went to a couple appointments with me. Like we did the, think the second trimester scan I forget how many 14 weeks okay yes because I was 18 weeks when I first met them and then 34 weeks they came back and we did another check because I had um a low-lying placenta Mm. which actually resolved itself so thankfully they often 
and it, it was because like the so, so it's like the if you have like a low-lying placenta i've um Yolanda Clark describes this so incredibly well. I think she did an episode with Free Birth Society on this, or it might even be on her Bauhauswife Baha- podcast. Wow, that was a hard word. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like your, your placenta can be like on your cervix. And then what happens is as your uterus is expanding, the wall mm-hmm. that it's attached to is, is growing upwards. Mm-hmm. And it, so it stretches and it rises away from... Mm-hmm from the, the cervix yeah. opening and it's very rare that you'll actually have a placenta that's covering the yeah. the cervical opening which would be a true what is it called um uh, so it's not a low-lying placenta but it's an actual uh, i'm having a is it previa placenta previa yeah so that or would be like the, the only like true placenta previa is like when it's actually covering and that's uh, like such uh, an incredibly low 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 percentage of that actually happening hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. and that results in a c-section yeah that's like it's one of the only things that would have to actually be an immediate c-section because mm. if you you can't birth a baby through its uh, blood yeah, and okay. food, food yeah. supply. Like, no. And then you're going to hemorrhage out. And, yeah. Right? There's so many things that could go wrong with it. Right. And it is scary when they're like, oh, it's like this far away from there. You know, and I'm, I looked at, well, I went to a lot of my appointments by myself or with my daughter, um, which I was fine with. I knew this from the beginning. Um, but when they told me that and I told the parents and I'm like so what do we do and I was like we wait mm-hmm. because they said that the, these things usually work itself out when your when your baby grows when your stomach grows when the uterus grows your placenta is attached to the uterus it will move up mm-hmm. and even if it's just enough to where the baby can get out it will move away and you should still be able to have a vaginal delivery and that was my main concern I wanted to deliver vaginally mm-hmm. I'm afraid of the c-section I, um, like shout kudos to all the mamas who do have a C-section, right? Because that is not an easy way out. I hate hearing that. Right. So, but you know, recovery time's a lot longer. So mm-hmm. I just want to deliver vaginally. So they came, um, 34 weeks, all was good. And they're like, okay, we'll be back at 38 weeks and we'll, we'll wait for baby. Well, Hurricane Dorian was on its way in. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Hurricane Dorian was on its way in when I think it was the Friday before the hurricane was supposed to hit, like, the Jacksonville, Florida area. And I looked at my doctor. Now, baby has been, like, six days, sometimes two weeks ahead, like, just depending Mm -hmm. on what part of the pregnancy we're in. She She was growing quick. And she was already estimated eight pounds at like 37 weeks. So it's like, oh my God. Oh my God. I did not have just gestational diabetes, thankfully. Okay. Um, but I went to the doctor at 38 weeks and I'm like, is there any way, you know, because there's talk about bridges being shut down and I have to cross a bridge to get to the hospital. Um, what, what do we do? She's like, well, you can go to the hospital closest to you. You've had an uneventful pregnancy. It's okay. I was like, no, because the parents already have it set up that they're going to be right down the street from the hospital just in case. Like they were going to book a hotel. And Mm. so she says, well, she's already measuring big. 
how about we do a scheduled induction? And I'm like, okay. You know, the mom actually, it was 38 weeks and five days when I went to my appointment and the mom was able to go with me. So I looked at her and I asked her, I said, would you be okay with an induction? She's like, it's not up to me. It's up to you. It's your body. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, thank you. Good on so her. Looked, <laughs> <laughs> so I looked at the doctor. I said, is it safe? She said, yes, we do these all the time. Since you've had an uncomplicated pregnancy, it will be okay to come in and we'll put you on a little bit of pit. We'll start you off low and work your way up. Mm-hmm. I was there for 10 hours. 10 hours and it was like bam as soon as I I felt her drop into my freaking vaginal canal Mm. and I called the nurse I'm like you guys need to check me now and like within 30 minutes she was out wow it was fantastic (laughs) quick and dirty (laughs) yes it was fantastic so I was like as far as the induction goes I have had I had no problems I still have no problems so I'll do an induction again even though I was frightened frightened to death yeah, actually, I, I am too. My sister had an induction with both of hers and each experience for her was not a good experience. And so I, I was frightened myself when they told me it would be a possibility. It's, I'm, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm of the camp where I'm like, fuck inductions. <laughs> I'm, I'm very much like a firm, let baby come out when baby needs to come out or baby wants mm-hmm. to come out. Um, yeah, we we only opted for the induction because I was well, afraid right, of the hurricane. Fucking different, <laughs> different scenario. I'm like, if a bridge is going to be out, except for no, I'm the weird person that I'm like, I will birth in my home alone. That'd be <laughs> fine. But if I was not the person who is like super birth junkie, free birth, wild woman, I will birth in the middle of the beach if I had to, because that was mm-hmm. a conversation that almost happened. Mm-hmm. Um then yeah, I totally understand. Like I, I completely understand why that would be a logical choice. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it can like it for a lot of women, it does make a much more complicated birth, but maybe she was ready to come anyway. Like maybe, maybe if you had waited like a day, she would have been out anyway. Like, like we'll never know. Mm-hmm. Right? I truly, you hear about all these hurricane babies sometimes, and <laughs> I didn't want to be that woman to have a hurricane baby. <laughs> I didn't want to be that. Great she story. just made it over the bridge before it closed, and she had to give birth on the sidewalk. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to do. That. Yeah, and that's the parents as well were there, oh, so yeah. you just want yes. to smoothly. For, which, what, yes, whatever. Totally, totally makes sense. Understandable mm-hmm. for fucking sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love um, that. I love that it was such a positive experience for you yeah no it was fantastic like fan fucking tastic like I have to like the emphasis on the fuck because like that's that's a good fuck (laughs) yes I I have never felt more empowered Mm. not not just like on an ego trip either it was more of like look what I'm doing for this family I am proud of myself Yes. And I tell my husband to this day, like, it, it, he'll, he'll roll over in bed. He'll be like, I'm proud of you. Just randomly. Aww. Fuck yeah. Thank you. I'm proud of myself. And he's like, you should be. 100%. So the, the experience was great. It, it absolutely was. And I say this and that I'm going to, you know, there's going to be problems next time around, which I'm, I'm not hoping for. I'm not expecting. I hope the next journey goes well, but well. I'm. It was so amazing. I, I, I don't know how to say it. 
One of the so, things I mean, that I really liked that you said was that your mom, your mom was in the delivery room. Yeah, my my mom made it down. She wanted to. That she wanted to be, to be there. Like, oh my God. Just knowing that your mom, like, yeah, knowing that the baby that you were birthing wasn't going to be her grandchild, but she was there mm-hmm. to help you through that experience. Like mm-hmm. I'm really like, did your mom at all kind of elaborate on how she felt mm. through the experience? She did. So before I even fill out an application, I called a few of my closest friends and my mom, my dad, and I believe my grandmother just to ask what their thoughts were if I were to go through with it and Mm. my mom was on board from day one since I asked her what do you think and she's like do it if you are sure you can do it and you are going to be you know you're sure that you're going to be okay at the end of it is was more of her concern she's like do it do it if you can do it now do it while you're young do it while you're you're still Mm. you know Isabella my daughter Isabella she doesn't really understand what's going on and that might be good mm-hmm. you know I did talk mm-hmm. to her about it but um like throughout the pregnancy I kept telling her there's a baby in there and she just like yeah mom whatever <laughs> <laughs> she did. she's three she did not care one Thank bit all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so my mom my dad had reservations yeah it took me really? having to explain the difference between the traditional surrogacy and the gestational surrogacy for him to be like, Oh, okay. This isn't going to be your kid. This Mm -hmm. isn't going to be my grandchild that you're giving away Mm -hmm. or that you're, you're not just adopting out. uh, Exactly. Yes. Like, yeah. Not just playing like baby factory over here and give yeah, it. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. You get a baby. You get a baby. You get a baby. In the lineage around Florida. <laughs> Surrogacy. Not a child. <laughs> Look under your chair. You get a baby. You get a baby. Stand up and jump around like Tom Cruise. <laughs> and you get a baby. <laughs> who's next <laughs> like a baby cannon or something <laughs> firing those babies out to play <laughs> oh my god oh my Fuck. god so funny. As we were going after this, I was like i wonder i wonder what we're gonna laugh at with this <laughs> But there it is. We found it. It's so funny you say that because I had the same thought in my head. I was like, I hope I can make them laugh. I hope we have some kind of something funny happening. Now I just have this like visual, like this gif burned into my brain of like Oprah doing, yeah, but like firing babies at her pussy. (laughs) You know the gif that I'm talking about where she's like, yes, yes. Yes. (laughs) I see it right now. I see it. (laughs) That's fantastic. Oh my God. You're listening to this. I love you so much. (laughs) Over, if you're listening to this, I want to be on the fucking show. All right. Does she still have a show? Does it? I don't think she has a show. (laughs) She has a whole, she has a whole like, she has um, a magazine. She has a magazine and she has an entire studio. She has a network. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, network or something like that. 
So anyway. Which is clever in another way too, though. Mm. Mm. I see that look on your face, Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> oh. So. Well, oh my god. Fucking so good. <laughs> so your dad came around to the idea. He did. It took it took like a 30, 45 minute conversation to be like, look, it's not mine. It's theirs. Mm-hmm. Which. And you know, here's another thing. Um, I'm trying to like make sure I'm not giving away like too much sensitive or or sensitive information, period. But um, very few people know of them. So like, if they do, if they end up listening to this podcast, they're not, you know, nobody's gonna spread the word of who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they had. trying to make sure I explain it in a way that everybody will understand they were donated embryos so they weren't of their DNA at all either oh so they it's almost like they adopted embryos wow yeah that's really cool that's like inception like that's the simplest way I can see it but it is like the amount of like a baby and 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 a baby so so um, a mom okay no wait hold on a a a, totally a a different mom egg egg, in a different mom's uterus going to a different mom yeah there you go three three loops there three three mom lineage wow situation and three times the pussy power can we just take a moment you had another woman's embryos inside your fucking womb i had yeah well let's see how like so they picked um embryos out i believe but they knew of who the egg donor like they got her information the egg donor and they know the sperm donors information so it, and it they be- had embryos already formed that they okay so okay yeah, so, you- so they like adopted the embryos that were already formed oh. i believe that's how that worked so that it's like you're so cool. yeah that is so cool yeah so when when it comes to like the the mechanics and process of what you're going through so you're essentially having to go through um IVF is that to kind of control the in I I hate these words but like essentially the intention to like control or manage the environment so that there is ideal implantation pretty much to thicken the uterine lining to make sure I don't ovulate and so like these are all the meds um that would do that that I would take um then stop pretty much my menstrual cycle so that we had a nice thick lining Mm. for the embryo to implant into yeah was it like first try first time yes yes it took on the first try awesome and I knew it was going to be a girl when we implanted it that's crazy yes yeah they there is a way to find the sex because it's it's just two different chromosomes yeah so if the like yeah. if the embryo is already yeah there and I, just, out, I just didn't like that's you so can... fucking cool yeah mm-hmm. they they take like this teeny tiny little needle stick it in the embryo they oh. withdraw just a little bit a just tiny little bit of the dna and they can tell that it's a girl and they can do pre-genetic yeah testing on it and which was one so- of my 
stipulations when we started, I would prefer to have a pre-genetically screened embryo so that way there's less of a chance of termination due to so Down this syndrome. Would kind of, so this would kind of be a similar idea to doing like an amniosynthesis. Um, kind of, yeah. But instead like of instead of inserting a needle into the mom to go into like the amniotic fluid and all of that, you're you're just bypassing mm-hmm. it because you're like, well, you're here now, so why don't we just but, do this now? Yeah, but an amniocentesis, even though it's kind of rare now, like it's not performed as much anymore, it can mm-hmm. still happen with a pre-genetically screened embryo because there are th- it doesn't it's yeah, not one hundred percent. So, yeah. Did you end up having an amnio as well? Nope. Nope. No, we just did the first trimester screening. Everything looked good. And um, I was considered high risk because I didn't know that IVF babies have a higher chance of heart defects. Hmm. Oh, they could end up like me. Huh. Wow. Because <laughs> my heart yep. got, some, got some defects. Yeah. <laughs> some pretty hefty defects. I didn't know that either about IVF. The high risk doctor's office, when we went in, like uh, me and the mom and the dad, because we had some questions to answer, they, mm-hmm. when they came in and we went to go to the, the I'm just going to keep calling it a high risk doctor because I don't know what else to call it. Yeah, that's, um, I called it the high risk clinic when I was. Yeah. There, so. Yeah, they sat us all down and they explained the possible side effects of, you know, for having an IVF baby. Hmm. test tube baby which I don't like that word but that's IVF babies have a higher risk of heart defects and um, we kept a close eye on her brain growth just because that's what the parents wanted to make sure everything was growing very well and she did she grew magically and healthy huge eight pounds when she came out even yep and I believe 19 or 20 and a half inches long Wow. She's a big babe, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's a big girl. Not huge, not huge. But For big. me, that was big because my daughter was 7'14". Ah, mine was also 7'14". One of mine was really? 7'14", and the other one was... Oh, shit, I don't remember. <laughs> this may make me a terrible mom. I don't remember. Rose All I can way. tell you is one of them was 7'14". Which one? Not positive on that. <laughs> Was seven twelve. That was my first. And row, I think, was like eight four or something. Fuck. Mm-hmm. What? Was one of them eight? I don't know. See, the other one, I don't technically have the 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 exact stats. like stats because mm. it was at home, and I was like, we're using a bathroom scale. You step on it with the baby. You step on it without, and we'll subtract. It's not mm-hmm. uh, precise mathematics here. Um. So yeah, we're we're kind of a miss on what she actually weighed, but that's okay. I think she was seven. She, she was healthy. That's all. Oh that matters. yeah, she was. Of <laughs> course, still is, even though she eats fucking wet, dirty ass dog food today. <laughs> oh God! Oh my God! Um, I was wondering, yes. what is your relationship now like with the parents? Have you seen? Um, it? we still talk. We still talk. It's been uh, eleven weeks this past Tuesday. Wow. And yes. It's been 11 weeks already. Yeah. Yeah. I still feel very fresh because um, I actually had a DNC on Halloween due to some retained placental tissue. Wow. 
the doctor didn't think it was normal. I was bleeding for eight weeks straight. And I was like, I don't think it's right either, but can we get it checked out? Mm-hmm. So I had the DNC, everything's well. And I, I think I finally stopped bleeding, but I have a checkup tomorrow. Awesome. Um, but yeah, they still send me pictures every now and again. Now it's not nearly as much communication because we were talking almost every day mm. for, for the longest time. Um, that is, I will admit, one of the things that did kind of get me over the last few weeks because we're not talking as much anymore. Mm. But I'm still like, okay, they have a newborn. They're going to be tired. Remember what it was like because you just wanted to sleep when she slept. You had dishes to do. You had laundry to do. You still had a house to take care of. And now she works almost full time. He has a full time job. So I stayed home. I can't imagine what it's like to take care of a newborn and have a job on top of it. Oh, fuck. Mm. Yeah. I I, I could not think about it. No, I want a job now because I'm desperate for adult attention. (laughs) (laughs) Back then, I was okay staying home with an infant to take care of that child. But I mean, that that would probably be part of the struggle Mm -hmm. is going from talking every day, multiple times a day, to maybe three times a week Mm, so like Like, to go to go from like feeling like you had this really intimate connection relationship with somebody mm -hmm. then kind of almost feeling like oh I gave you your baby and now you're like meh (laughs) Meh." now we and I I did tell her that I was going to be talking to a couple of friends about the experience and our journey and she was like of course it's a beautiful journey to tell Mm. and um what the hell uh she sorry she is a beautiful woman she owns her own business he is a teacher like they do magnificently Mm. and they it was so weird meeting someone from Argentina like southern Argentina who are almost the same as my husband and I like Mm. even down to the age difference wow my husband and I are 13 years apart they were 12 years apart I believe wow so like we had so much in common and we still like at the end of it we're like oh gosh we feel like family right now and I still feel that way and she's she's even mentioned it you're a part of our family you're it's your story as well you're please wow talk about it so um I was going somewhere with that and I can't remember now I'm just like blown away at how perfect this whole situation was. Like the family, now, how supportive they are and how welcoming and like inclusive mm-hmm. and just ah, just a perfect mm-hmm. scenario, really. And I'm I'm a part of Facebook groups, multiple groups. And I did hang out in them groups, groups and be a fly on the wall for months. Mm. reading bad stories about their IPs about how they just cut off all communication after the baby was born and how they they use the international IPs intended parents um, they hang out stateside for a while while the documents get processed and Mm -hmm. whatnot and you read about women who are like expecting to have some type of communication whether it be just through text messaging or go see the baby one more time before they left mm. and it didn't happen and, and these women are crushed and I understand 100% Absolutely. why but at the same time they 
you see through the thread that they realize, yes, this is their baby. This is what they wanted to do. It's extremely unfortunate that we didn't get to com- continue with our communication, mm-hmm. or at least I didn't get to say goodbye to them. It was, you know, it was an easy journey, but now they don't want to talk to me, but that's their choice ultimately. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, we, sorry to interrupt you. I wonder, no, if, you're good. like, I wonder if some of that plays into kind of what I was talking about earlier with kind of how we're wired to have mm-hmm. some sort of connection after mm-hmm. we've given birth and after we've gone through the process. Like, I wonder if it's that kind of chemical wiring to have, to create a connection with somebody where yeah. we get to create it with this, this being that came out of us. So we're, we're having that, like, will I need it from somebody? Like, I wonder if that plays into it some, in some way. Um, oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And, we agree this was part of the thing that we when we did our video chat in the very beginning during our intake was what do you want communication to be like throughout the pregnancy and what do you expect communication to be after the pregnancy mm-hmm. and so we both agreed on constant communication as much as possible throughout the pregnancy but let it be organic at the end mm-hmm. whether we keep in touch or not so I'm perfectly okay with that. They have a life now. They, they, or well, they've had a life, but they have a life with a newborn now. Yeah, so they it's have a new little life. Different. They, yes, they have a new child to take care of. So, and I, at first, like I said, it was, it's, it's a little, it's weird not to talk to them all the time, but mm. I understand it and I feel very whole about it. Mm. Mm-hmm man 11 weeks like I'm still like what <laughs> 11 weeks how has I guess this is this is a natural progression question um mm-hmm. what was the post-birth recovery process like for you in going through that and not having a baby like did you um do any binding of your chest or anything like that I I did for the first time I didn't know oh god I, cause I, <laughs> that is a pain I do not wish on yeah. anyone mm-hmm. is that your milk is in mm-hmm. and you don't have anything to do with it. Cause I decided not to pump at all because I yeah. didn't want to continue with producing. So the day after, cause she was born at like seven thirty at night. Um, the morning after they sent me a message, Hey, good morning. How are you doing? How are you feeling? They were just down the, we, when we were in the hospital, we stayed in separate rooms. Mm. And so the baby had her own room with the parents. And then I had my own recovery room. Um, and my husband stayed with me, but we, <clears throat> they got a hold of me the next morning. They're like, do you want to come see the baby? And I'm like, Oh no. And my thought was, I'm like, this baby's going to touch me. And they're just, Poof. You know, yeah. there's my milk. Boom. <laughs> I did milk not want your to honey. <laughs> so I decided to wait till later that afternoon and I did not hold the baby. And I was okay with it. Because yeah. looking back, it felt like I was going to visit a friend in the hospital who just had a baby. Mm. That's cool. That's what it felt like. And then I get home and, <laughs> and now only my husband knows this. Um, I get home. And my dad had just came in, come into town because he wanted to be here to support me as well. Yeah. Hmm. So my dad's here and I'm like, okay, so we need to go upstairs. We need to get the extra bed ready and 
I come upstairs, I walk into my room to grab some pillows out of the closet, and I just broke down. I broke down crying, and I think it was because I didn't have a belly anymore. I wasn't going to feel anything anymore, Mm. you know, that movement, because she was so active between, like, 10 and midnight. It was the weirdest thing. Every night after, like, week 25, it was like, bam, bam, bam. Like, I could not sleep until 1 o'clock in the morning. Mm. So... Um, yeah, I just, I broke down and I think it was because I was missing Absolutely. that piece of, well, it was just, I want to say piece of me because it's not a piece of me, but it's, you know, just that extra being inside me. And I, I loved feeling her move. Um, now, like I said, only my husband knows that. And I didn't explain it to my mom. I haven't told my dad. Now she'll probably listen to the podcast and be like, oh, I didn't know. Why didn't you come get me? Why didn't you tell me? But I need—I think I needed to have that breakdown Absolutely. with my husband alone. Yeah. And we just hugged it out and I felt so much better. It's like that and closing, I, right? Yeah. Like the closing chapter of like, this is, oh, I'm, it's like, it's like you, like, it takes a while for our emotions and our like energetic energy to sometimes catch up with our physical reality. So it's mm-hmm. like you're, you physically went through the process of birthing this baby after carrying this mm-hmm. baby and like passing on this baby to their family. And then it's like, now that you're home and in your own space again, it's like all of the, the emotions and feelings that didn't land yet all hit you at once. And you're like, it's oh, it. it's over. This, it's, yep. yeah. it's done yeah mm-hmm. yep so my husband's been very good at being there for me when I need just to release mm. and just hey can can I talk to you about something for a minute and he does and he 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 un- uninterrupted therapy session like I can just talk and talk and talk and talk and he'll listen and then when I'm ready because it's usually me that has to give it like, okay, can you give me feedback? <laughs> He'll talk to me. And oh I couldn't be more thankful for somebody who was so supportive during the whole thing. I just want to hug the- you guys. Fuck. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I've asked his, I wouldn't say permission, even he'll tell you it's not permission, but I asked him, would you be okay doing another one, mm-hmm. doing another journey? He's like, it's up to you. It's your body. Are you sure you want to do it again? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I want to do it again. I want to do it again. So bad. I love so. it. Um, for those that are listening to this and are like, what do you mean binding? Um, just oh, shit. Binding. I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. I just, I know that there will be people listening to this and be like, wait, what? What is that? Um, so like binding of the chest is something that is often done in a stillborn, stillborn scenario or yeah. in um, a surrogacy, surrogacy scenario if you're not donating milk um, or pumping. And essentially, it's just to help um, create that compression. Keep it nice. Right? Yeah, tight compression. And, compression. and it's to help, um, A, make it, I was like, I don't want to say more comfortable for you because I feel like that would not never be comfortable. comfortable ever. It's to like prevent also milk from leaking so that your body will then mm-hmm. realize that there yeah. is no baby to be fed and then yeah. will eventually yep. stop producing. There's um, no stimulant to continue yeah. to produce the milk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And like I said, I totally breezed over that and I did not mean to do that. No, that's okay. That's totally the okay. Binding. I, that I remembered to circle back. <laughs> Miracle. So happened. they gave me this, this piece of shit thing that I didn't, I didn't know. I've never done it before. So I wrapped myself in this thing that only wrapped around me like once and a half. And wow. by the second day, by the second day, the, the like Velcro on it was falling off because my, I'm, I'm a three double D like before pregnancy. So <laughs> I need more elastic, please. You're like, bitch, I need two of these. At I least. didn't know what it was until we got home. Oh, and I was like, I should no. probably put this on. They should have found you there. Oh my yeah. God. They should have. And if I do this again, I'm going to ask them to do it. Like, again. Yeah. Can, do, can you guys do this for me? Mm-hmm. But they, um, reading online and what the nurses told me was I could also wear a tight sports bra. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. God, I got one that's too small. Does that work? She's like, yeah, it'll work. Yeah. Girl, my, my milk came in and my boobs were on fire and I'm like oh I, I I don't want this pain I can't lay down I can't lay on my oh, stomach right now like fuck. but it was so funny and like I know nobody can see this but like I'm wearing this sports bra and my boobs are like together oh, like yeah. the closest oh, yeah. they've ever been and I wore the sports bra for for more than 24 hours and I oh, know I shouldn't no. have done that but like my boobs were in a square position like they looked square because they were Oh it man. It was the weirdest thing. And I'm showing my husband and my nipples big as big. <laughs> I'm like, why are my boobs square right now? Look at the Look at the square titties. What the fuck? <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, what is that? And I'm like, that's my milk ducks. That's because my boobs have been in this bra for over a day. I need to get out of it. <laughs> I was like, Oh God! Oh man! So he—he's like, "What do I do?" What I was like, "There's don't touch me! Don't, yeah, don't touch me! Mm-mm. You better sleep way on the end of the bed, that, you know, tonight." <laughs> no. You on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> so he—he—he oh, he, he just looked at me funny because I'm standing in the mirror looking at my boobs. You're oh, square these boobs. Are ugly. These, these, <laughs> why are you square right now? <laughs> yeah. It was funny, but oh man, sleeping was the worst. Uh, how long? They're just heavy. But how long did it take yeah. for you to dry up? Three and like three and a half, four days. Oh, solid, oh. solid at least three days. Oh. And so like I'm showering and I'm covering up my nipples so that way the water doesn't touch them. I had to switch hands on like, yeah. covering up the other one. Oh God, yeah, it was. It was so heavy. the worst. Man, I the remember, worst. like, I remember my milk coming in, um, especially the second time, with, um, like, how heavy and unreal and crazy they were mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. having to, like, not be able to relieve anything. Mm-hmm. I, I remember, so with my second, like, she had a pretty intense lip tie. Um, and so I was, like, also, I ended up getting a black duck, and I was, like, crying. Mm. I think it was day four. I was mm. just bawling my eyes out because I was like, I yeah. am so full of milk, and I'm so covered in milk, and I'm in so much pain, mm-hmm. and every time I nurse, I want to die. Like, mm. what 
the hell. So it's like to remove the baby from that scenario and then to just be in like that extreme discomfort and feel all that weight mm-hmm. and like have to like uh, mm-hmm. fuck power to you. Jeez. Thanks. Jeez. It was, it was bad. Power and, to you and, and your square boobies. <laughs> Man, I they wish never I'd returned. Honestly, I was just gonna say I hope you took a picture. I wish I'd have taken a picture. Cause oh, that that was something like I didn't know I could do, you know, like oh my, hey, <laughs> opportunity. I remember the, yeah. the same thing after Roland was born, and my milk came in. I was looking in the mirror, and I had these giant porn star titties, and I was just like, <laughs> like they were they were they looked perky, and they were like mm-hmm. separated, but like you know, in Aww. a nice way. And I just looked in the mirror, but they were they were gnarly because of the fucking so many veins, so many veins. <laughs> I turned the other <laughs> like. but at the same time he's like wow but fuck jesus yes yes like a road map on your chest um it's funny because mine mine i think it's the size of my boobs like mine never got perky like i never got the perky porn star boobs i just got like Mm. it looked like there was boulders Oh, in place yeah like where my breast tissue used to be and they would like they hung so low they're so full i'm like what's happening <laughs> yeah no did i tell you that jeff oh man yeah I, I did yeah you did, I did. yeah <laughs> so I, I think the day of i was like this is oh i did i did i told people the day of so i with with the black dick situation my lovely husband which if you're listening to this and i wasn't supposed to share this story thousand apologies friend um i totally had him uh help remove my blocked duct he i get it i'm following sucked on my titties like a champ he spit though he didn't swallow i was a little disappointed that he did not swallow I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's not like it's gonna hurt him at all, right? It tastes also delicious. it tastes delicious. It's like the sweetest nectar yeah. of the gods. It is really right. Oh my god! Never t- I've never, never, I've never it tried before. it. <gasps> I never tried it. Well, next time. <laughs> oh my god! You gotta try it. I had a put a little cup. bit in a medicine cup. Oh yeah, Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I'll put that shit in your coffee. It's delicious. Really? Yes. I used to, I'm not, this is embarrassing. I don't care. I'm going to say it anyway. I'm going to say it anyway. No um, shame. I totally, multiple times, uh, where I was using the Haka pump, I would like, because I, I leak so much in, in my early days of nursing, where it's like, if, if she's on one, then the other one's leaking. Mm-hmm. And so I would always put like the suction pump on and just like pop there just to catch everything. And if I was drinking a coffee and my freezer was full after like day four. Wow. So I was drinking coffee and I'd be like, well, fuck, I guess I'm having milk in my coffee today. And I just chucked <laughs> my breast milk in. It was so delicious. It was like sweet. It tasted like it Coffee was. Mate creamer. Yeah. But better. <laughs> yeah. It was delightful. Really? So good. It is really that good. It's so good. And it also like changes based on your stages. Like my breast milk now tastes completely different than my breast milk did six months ago or a year yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Colostrum that tastes makes... disgusting, though. Don't ever taste colostrum. It yeah. looks disgusting because it's all it thick and yellow. So ah, no it's thanks. Bitter. It's <laughs> bitter as shit. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I made the mistake. I regret that decision. Yeah. Deeply. Titty milk. Titty milk's great. delicious, though. Yeah. <laughs> Titty milk. I'll try yeah. to remember that because 
<laughs> I have always wondered, and I, I'm like, I'm the only one thinking about drinking her breast milk right now. No. Oh, I I never tried it. Um, well, and now that I know I'm not the only one. Oh, <laughs> de- oh honey. Time. <laughs> I'm also the weird person that like every time one of my friends is nursing, I'm definitely having the thought of like, I wonder what you taste like. Mm. Like every time. Really? Every well, time. when I had Henry, um, we had a friend come over for dinner and she was visiting uh, from afar. And after we'd finished dinner, I went to go feed Henry. And as she was watching, she was like, have you ever tasted your own milk? I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I was like, it's delicious. And Ollie has tasted it too. Oh, He's like, oh yeah. This. You've told me that. And she looks at me, she's like, would it be weird if I tried it? And I was like, if you wanna, I don't fucking care. I put some in a glass for her, gave it to her, and she fuck tried yeah. it. She loved really? it. Really? Fuck she yeah. She loved it. I was like, this is honestly an amazing moment right now. Like, I can't <laughs> believe this is happening right, right? now. Right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. See, my husband, on the other hand, though, I already know him. He's like, you're fucking gross. Get out of here. Nah. I already know it. He's, he's. But we drink milk from animals. Yeah. 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 Right? And somehow we get milk from almonds, but <laughs> I'm not bashing. <laughs> I am not bashing anybody who drinks almond milk. But seriously, that meme comes around. That meme comes around about. Hemp <laughs> milk? Where's the tit on the almonds? Or the almonds? <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever. I get it. I know why it's there. Because some people are lactose intolerant. And I, I, I learned that about you, Sarah, a while ago. And yeah. like I said, I'm not bashing anybody who has to. Because uh, my cousin somewhere she, she is lactose intolerant and she has to do that whole lactate soy oh, thing she yeah. has to be very careful about it she's very allergic mm. but it's like milk from animals got it great want to try goat's milk i'm on the fence about who's uh sheep sheep yes i'm on the fence about that but goat i want to try oh it's I, this is the other thing that's really interesting where it's like just like um, people, different animals will produce different tasting milk. Like not just like a goat tastes different than a sheep tastes different than a cow, but like depending on how the cows are treated, what they're eating um, and all of that, like it, it can taste different based on the different farms, mm-hmm. the different environments and, and stuff like that. It's I really wonder cool. if a monkey, like a female monkey's breast milk would taste similar to ours though. See, and I just got a big orangutan titty in my face right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's immediately what popped into my head. <laughs> I wonder if we like evolve from, from orangutans and gorillas and monkeys like i wonder if their milk at all tastes similar to ours which yes. and what i know is really funny now that we're this is a weird fucking conversation hey man let's get into it but I, what's really <laughs> interesting is you saying that i'm like i don't want to try a monkey's milk and then i'm like yet i will eat cows or goats or sheep's cheese like it's right? nobody's business like mm-hmm. why am i conditioned to believe that eating certain animals milk is normal mm-hmm. yet eating or consuming a mammal that is my species is weird mm-hmm. or one mm-hmm. that is not deemed acceptable is somehow strange. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's Stay tuned strange. for the next momgasm episode about <laughs> titty milk. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Here we try all the titty milk. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs>
<laughs> I can still get some milk out of my tits. We should trade. I would totally do that. Dude. Oh, you guys have fun with that. I, it's gone, and I don't want it to come back. <laughs> <laughs> really? I can, like... Not for a while. Oh. Yeah, still. I can still. I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to get it now. Like, I just <laughs> sprayed myself. I'm totally <laughs> Little milk shower. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it's thin now. It's not as luscious yeah, as mine, it was. It's like it's not as she doesn't she doesn't need the fat anymore the way that she did. So it's like thin and, and almost clearish. Mm. Which I'm like, you don't taste as good as you once did. Mm-hmm. I like that creamy, rich, fatty stuff. I didn't have I wanted in the beginning. Yeah, no, I wanted to breastfeed my daughter and we only made it a month because she just yeah, kept throwing good. up. She would not stop. And it turned out it was acid reflux or something from that I was eating. And I felt kind of shitty at the time because I, the doctor asked me, can you give up dairy? Mm. And I'm like, God, she's going to end up on formula. almond titties? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, you find me one and I'll try it, but... No, I, I felt so bad because I'm like, oh, I have to put you on formula because I'm a selfish cunt. Like, oh I don't want to give up milk. I don't want to give up eggs. I don't want to give up cheese. I don't want to give up any of it. So, and, and she thrived just yeah. the same. Just yeah. the same. Yeah. And I, and now I don't feel so, like, in the beginning, like I said, I felt so bad. Mm. I felt so sh- selfish. And now I'm I'm like, okay, you're good. You're still alive. You made it. <laughs> we good. We good. Yeah. Um. Oh, here's my question. Here's here's yes. Here's a good like wrap up question. Now that we actually like get back to what we were talking about initially, um, do you have any advice for any um anybody who's considering going through the surrogacy journey, whether surrogacy. they're looking whether they're looking to become a surrogate or whether they're looking to um go the surrogacy route for oh to like find a surrogate to help grow their family um and you know it's funny you bring that up i'm actually speaking with another woman who is in the process of finding a surrogate to grow her family um and she talks to me about certain points that she's at you know whether it's financially or the medical clearance or anything um so i'll start with that my advice would be would be to make sure you ask all of the important questions up front. Mm-hmm. Don't don't just suspect or expect that just because she seems nice, she's going to be nice in the middle of it. Mm. Um, it's and I've told her before. I was like, if you're uncomfortable with talking uh, to your surrogate about you know reduction termination compensation Mm -hmm. don't do it find an agency that'll do it for you Mm -hmm. and the agency will take care of those hard questions for you um not everybody can get an agency though because agencies can be expensive and that's you know another anywhere between i want to say eight and twenty thousand dollars depending on the agency Mm -hmm. on top of the medical stuff and the lawyers and delivery and then taking care of the baby at the end of it yeah, we were, um, talking, 
we were looking at um, Jeff and I because we were having a huge surrogacy conversation and the ethics and biology mm-hmm. of surrogacy because he's weird like me and we get these crazy conversations. And then we mm-hmm. were looking up by, um... oh my God, not a province. <laughs> it is a state. State, thank you. State. State <laughs> of America. Fuck my brain today. Um, All right. Looking it up by state, like the going rate for um, cost for those Mm -hmm. at um, going the surrogacy route for expanding their family. And I think it was in California, you're looking at um, 60 to 85,000 is Mm -hmm. like the, the going Right. No, it might even be higher than that. I can't remember. It's gonna. I believe California is gonna be one of the more. Expensive it's one of the states. highest, and then Florida yes. was on the lower, one of the lower ends, which I think was thirty-five to sixty or something. I think was what we looked at today. But again, my my I've been cleaning up dog shit all day, so <laughs> don't <quote> now. <laughs> that um that is actually something I have no knowledge about. Uh, what like what the going rate of a surrogacy the full journey costs I know that it can cost up to a hundred and fifty thousand dollars yeah that's all your medical fees your uh, medications excuse me paying the surrogates based compensation paying for lawyers fees getting contracts notarized um you're paying for hotels because I actually I stayed in Miami I'm, you know, I live in the Jacksonville area, but I stayed in Miami for three days after we did a transfer. Um, so they paid for that. And then they took care of um, my flights to and from. So, I mean, there's, there's so many things to think about that I didn't think about, you know, and I did research and I'm like, okay, well, they're going to take care of my, my plane ticket, but you know, they're, they're not just taking care of that too. They're, they're taking care of your food that I, you know, you get reimbursed for your food, the gas, the rental, all of it's covered, you know, per, per my agent, that that was my experience. Not everybody has the same experience. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now to any surrogate or potential surrogate, if you're looking to get into surrogacy and be someone's surrogate, do your research, mm-hmm. do your research because you, it join the Facebook groups. There's so many groups. There's even state specific groups. There's an agency review group. There's groups to where you can go in if you're wanting to be that traditional surrogate or go the non-agency route. There, there's groups for that. <clears throat> Make sure you're clear on your reduction and termination views and beliefs. Because you have to be true to yourself. You have to make sure, yes, I will terminate this pregnancy. That, that you know, and, and in my case, it was, I would never terminate my own pregnancy. If this were my child, I would never terminate due to Downs. Mm-hmm. I would never terminate. If the baby had a chance that she was going to live outside of this womb, mm-hmm. fine. I will take care of that child, disability and all. That's my child. Now, with me going at it as a surrogate, I had to make sure this is not a child I'm going to be raising. 
this is a child they're going to be paying for, they're going to be raising, they know what they're capable of as far as taking care of a disability or not. Mm-hmm. That is ultimately their decision. And they're, God, it sounds so transactional, but they were paying me to carry this, you know, child up to that point of termination. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's their right. And, and I may get some backlash because of that statement. Um, Cause it's not, it's not a transaction. It's, it's illegal, honestly, to look at it that way. Um, I did this because friends of mine, very close friends of mine are struggling to conceive. And I really wanted to do this for them. But unfortunately, it is very, very, very expensive to do IVF and everything. Um, so that, that that's what pushed me to go and do it for another couple and find an agency to help me to make sure I was doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so again, to the surrogate, make sure you're, you're doing your research, you're true to yourself and your beliefs. And don't just take the first profile of a couple that you're interested in, you know, just interview another couple. If you're not sure, you have to make sure you connect with your intended parents. And it's, it's not just, okay, we can talk about the pregnancy. It's like, it makes it that much more special when you have things in common Mm -hmm. and your beliefs are mostly the same, like, like mine, like my couple. So, and I'm sorry to be long-winded on that. It's oh just God, no, it's important. <sighs> that was wonderful. It's so, it's so important to make sure mm-hmm. you are so clear when going into this. Well, yeah, there's mm-hmm. like, there, if you can't get halfway through and be like, oh, fuck, this was, uh, yeah. you guys aren't the right people. Mm-hmm. And that right. happens. Right? That happens where there's a disagreement because of something and the contract says one thing, but so-and-so is not abiding by the contract and, and going against it. Well, I also feel a very wise piece of advice would be read the fucking contract. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Read through that thing. It may take you two, three Multiple days. times. Ask questions. Highlight. Underline. Print. Google, Google a word if you don't understand what it means. Google the definition. And I did that a couple of times. And then I would email my lawyer and be like, hey, so am I understanding this right? Is this how this is going to work? Mm-hmm. And so, and I had a wonderful lawyer too. She was amazing. Awesome. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So good lawyer, read the fucking contract, like <laughs> date the shit out of your couple before you figure out that they're the one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it, it can be a really awesome, amazing, incredible experience. Enough so, enough so that you're wanting to do it again and you're excited. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah, which is very. Cool. Yay! <laughs> is there anything else that you yeah. wanted to add before we wrap up? No, um, I think we've hit on everything. And, you know, to the other surrogates out there, if I've missed anything or if I've said anything that may not be correct or may need just a little tweaking then please please constructive criticism is mm. like all me please correct me so that way i have the correct information and it may it may also just be that your experience isn't the same like it yeah there's, there's so many different truths and variables out there mm-hmm. and i mean 
whether like feel free to email us at momgasmpodcast at gmail.com and we can kind of forward things along to mm-hmm. um, to you and and like keep the conversation going because again like I'm one of those people where I'm like I don't know I don't know but at the same time I totally recognize and understand that like this is pure fucking magic for other people and mm-hmm. the power to you mm-hmm. power to you yeah. I love it Thank you so much for coming on and doing this. You're yes, awesome. Of yeah. course. No, thanks for having me. Like Sarah asked me if I would do it and I'm like, oh, yes, but what am I going to say? What am I going to talk about? You know? So, uh, no. Okay, some almonds is what we're going to talk about. <laughs> so no, I, I truly appreciate the opportunity to talk with you guys and just kind of share my experience with it because it is a beautiful thing yes thank you thank you thank you so so much much. Um, of course of course you're welcome thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the momgasm podcast Lindsay and I know the holidays can be a super busy time of year, especially as parents. So we want to take the opportunity to honor that time, not only for ourselves, but for you. For the whole month of December, we will not be creating any new podcast content to give everyone a chance to enjoy the holidays. While we're MIA on the podcast scene, you can still connect with us on social media, Patreon, and of course, the Momgasm Den. We're wishing you the happiest of holidays and we're so excited to bring you lots of fresh and super juicy content and events coming in January, 2020. Thanks again. And we'll see you next year. Mwah.